Okay, our text is Psalms 22. And, you know, we, we really had to fight around here with the COVID. I've had my own people, my own family had it. So I, I can uh, say I understand that and other things go along with that. But then they come out on TV and, uh, you know, they said, uh, you're no longer to call it the China virus. That is politically incorrect. That's, we don't want to hear that anymore. And I don't want to offend them, so I tried to think of a new name. So let's just call it the, the Wu Ping cough. Okay. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I say that uh, in fun, but also say it rather seriously. Why, why, do they, why would people say these things? Because they want fear to be greater than our faith. I want to trust the Lord all the way. And, and listen, that's not treating this thing lightly. Rather, we're just saying, okay, we're trusting the Lord. We're taking precautions. And you have no idea how much money we spent besides all the other things we've done in taking precautions in the church and school. Uh, so we've, we've done a lot of that. Even for this cake auction, we're doing a whole lot that's coming up for the missionaries and all that. But we don't want to cut out missions and soul winning or anything else just uh, uh, for these other things when the Lord has uh, provided us with ways to get things done. So that's what we're doing. So I just want you to know that before we get started today. Now, last time I preached to you that... Uh, Jesus was not only God, he was the Spirit throughout all eternity past. But that day, the Holy Ghost came upon Mary. He was inside of Mary, and now he'd be formed a true human body, soul, and spirit. All, all human. Now, he didn't forsake his deity he still had deity, always will be that, but he will always from this point forward have a human body, soul, and spirit throughout all eternity as we will because that's how we are joint heirs with him and that's how he could become one of us in order to pay our penalty. Now, he did have and he does have a human spirit and soul and body. He could feel sorrow. He had tears. He rejoiced. He knew what it felt like to be falsely accused. Uh, you know, I, if you're in Christian ministry, whether you're a pastor, evangelist, whether you're uh, running a school ministry, you're in various areas of ministry of a church or school, you're going to have false accusations come against you. That's part of it. But understand, none of us will never have the accusations as false as they were against Jesus Christ. So we just, he kept on. Let that be our example. You just keep on keeping on. And that's the best way to go. But uh, just throughout that whole thing, he was fully human that he might be the supreme sacrifice that was demanded for our sin. So uh, I want you to keep it in mind as we go through the message today of the humanity of Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, as we look into the word here in just a few moments, I just pray 
that the Spirit of God will take over. Lord, I realize I am only an instrument. I pray that you would use my voice to hold the attention, but be the power in my voice that holds the attention, and be the one through thy Spirit that takes the message home to the understanding of each individual's mind, whether they're in this auditorium or listening in some way, uh, technically, whether it's radio or internet or whatever. I pray, Lord, that this will become a personal thing between God and each individual. And so, Lord, glorify yourself today through this message. Give understanding through this message. Save souls as we preach in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Last week, we made the point in Hebrews chapter uh, 10 and verse 5 concerning the humanity of Jesus Christ. It says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Then we took you to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, where he says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed. I emphasize that word framed. By the word of God. Remember he said, Let there be light, and there was light. Psalms 33 tells us by the word that he created the heavens and earth. Yes, he spoke the worlds into existence. But he says that uh, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. Now, framed. When we think of framed, that means created. It was created. It was made by God. The heavens and the earth did not evolve. They were made by God. There are those that uh, call themselves critical thinkers and whatever else. That's just a doctrine out of hell. And it's just choosing to follow that doctrine. If you're going to believe in evolution. Okay. Now, but chapter 10 verse 5 says, A body hast thou prepared me. Now, what's interesting to me about that is framed... And prepared are the same Greek word in the original as it was written. In other words, when Jesus was in the womb of Mary, as the Holy Ghost had come upon Mary, God the Father then, from that point, takes over and begins over that nine-month period to form the body of Jesus Christ. And so, it was a body prepared of God the Father. And when he was born, it was he who drew him out of his mother's womb. Every step of the way, the Father was involved in that birth. He had formed Adam of the dust of the ground. 
He had formed the entire body and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. With Jesus, he formed that body, the last Adam, inside the womb of Mary. Therefore, we have a virgin birth because we could not have one who inherited the first Adam's nature die for our sins because they would have to be died for as well. He did this for us, taking our sins upon him. And so, this baby has a human body, spirit, and soul. Even while it's inside of Mary. You see, life begins at conception. That is a human life, the very moments conceived. I don't know why they say they're, the intelligentsia says, no, that's not a life. But get an eagle's egg and break it and see how unglued they come. Well, it's, no, it's not a life yet. By their definition, it's not a life yet, so evidently it doesn't count. You see, their own meanderings aren't logical. And they call themselves the intelligentsia. They call it following the science. That's not science, folks. That is not science. Now, today's intelligentsia would have seen this poor girl, this Jewish girl. She's very poor. She's one of the poorest girls in Israel. She's betrothed. Betrothal was similar to engagement today. Not quite the same because to break a betrothal, you still had to go through a divorce, but they had not come together as man and wife yet. That's why Joseph was thinking of having her put away before they came together as husband and wife. But they'd say, oh, she's poor, she couldn't offer a, a good, and even Joseph couldn't do a whole lot for them. I mean, when they go to Bethlehem, uh, they've got a long trek to go. They're not going on the train, I'll guarantee you that. There's no room for them in an inn anywhere, just a cave. And so when you look at that, they, 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 they look at somebody like that. In today's intelligence, you say, poor. There's no hope for that child. Oh, the worst can happen. And today's intelligentsia, today's science would say, let's abort the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, they are trying to do that still today to Jesus, to get him out of our minds and ways. Herod, who was the king at that time, made a decree to kill all the babies two years old and younger in Bethlehem because he wanted to be sure that he killed Jesus. But God, <laughs> he warned Joseph ahead of time and they got out of there. But as a result, Herod committed suicide, or should I say committed genocide on many babies in Bethlehem. As a matter of fact, 
You go back in the Old Testament, you find out that was also predicted, and it happened as the Bible said it would. Just like everything in Psalms 22 is going to happen a thousand years later on the cross. Genocide is just a fancy name for aborting a life, except that it's aborting a life after it's been born. As a matter of fact, you've got a governor, I think it's a Virginia's governor, that wants to kill babies if, even after it's born, it's laying there and it's, it's still healthy or whatever. If the mother doesn't want it, they don't think it's, it's, it's a good thing, then they'll go ahead and kill it. That's intelligence? That's science? No, that's sin out of hell. That is cold-blooded murder. And no apology is coming, by the way, for that. Now, and by the way, let me just add to this. It's a great, great deal of absolute hatred of the racist. Racists have this absolute hatred of black folks because most of their abortion clinics are built in neighborhoods near the blacks or near the poor in order to eliminate them from our superior society. Uh, that was Hitler's idea. They tried to call us Nazis, but they're the ones practicing Nazism with abortion. Now that's the truth. That's the truth. That's exactly what it is. They want to eliminate these neighborhoods. They want to eliminate these people so they're no longer a problem for us. And oh my goodness, you need to pray for those racist abortionists that God would uh, get a hold of their heart and save their soul. Now, abortion is result, I'm going to say a new, another term here I don't rarely, I rarely use, and I might even do a sermon. I've been thinking some time now about doing a sermon on this, and I think I may do it pretty soon. But abortion is a result of critical thinking. Now, I just want to briefly say that We act on absolute truth, not critical thinking. Um, just take a secular illustration. Counterfeit money. Do they tell how counter, they teach their students and all those who are going to learn what counterfeit money is, do they show them all the counterfeits and teach it to them? No. They teach them what the real thing is. And guess what they got to do? And, and hey, critical thinkers hate this. They got to memorize the real thing. Hey, if you'll hide God's word in your heart, you won't sin against God. How will a man, young man cleanse his way? By tight taking heed to thy word. How does God sanctify us? Jesus prayed it. He said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, and his word is absolute truth without error. Now you have critical thinking that tries to retranslate the Bible. That's why they run down our King James Version and, and try to make a mess out of that. Let me just say that. 
Let me just say this. I'm going to say it whether you let me or not. Uh, it's a great shame, and it's actually spitting in the face of God for some Christian universities and colleges to teach critical thinking And I say that, I say that seriously, that's not Christian. Maybe religious, but it's certainly not Christian because it's not Christ-like. He's already given us truth. <laughs> Let's just use theirs. Let's just use their things. Two plus two equals four. That's the truth. Well, I don't really believe. I'm going to think critically of that. I don't think two plus two equal four. That's the ignorance of critical thinking. Critical thinking is based in liberalism. It is born in that, and it comes out from that. Now you say, why are you talking about that when you're looking at a chapter on the cross? Because they're trying to eliminate the cross as the payment for our sin. They tried to eliminate Bible from their hymn books, the blood from their hymn books, should I say. Even those that said, oh, you don't have the right translation because you're using wrong manuscripts, takes uh, Colossians chapter 1, where we have even redemption and forgiveness of sins through His blood. And they want to take out, if they don't take it out of there in some of their translations, the other translations, they put it in brackets and say, uh, well, this is not in the best manuscripts. Oh, yes, it is. It's in the Textus Receptus. That's the very best. Okay. And for some reason, those texts that had been uh, for the New Testament, since the early times, I mean, Within a hundred years after Jesus' death, and that it was just pretty well complete of the New Testament, all that was written, all of a sudden, they were preserved all of these years, and then somebody around 1600 decides, well, that's not really right. And in 1800, you got two guys, Westcott and Hort, that believed more in the deity of Mary than they did the deity of Christ. Besides, those aren't the right to go out searching for manuscripts that have been rejected and give a new Bible, and other Bibles have been made from it. Isn't it interesting? They said, we've done this scientifically. We've got the exact right thing. And every year they change the text. Now, why do you change something if you think you've got the right thing? Now, I'm just trying to show you how the world thinks because don't depend on the world to tell you how to get to heaven and have eternal life. Depend on Jesus Christ. That's absolute proof. 100% proof. Now, when I think about this, Christians, be wise. See, when we see critical thinking in churches and Christian colleges, Christian universities, you know what it'll end up leading to? Calvinism, contemporary religion. You know, they always say this about us. You don't have love. 
Huh? So it's, it's not love if you have the standards of Christ from his word? You don't look like the world? Since God has saved you? know, when I became a new creature in Christ, that was the day he saved me. Things began to change. The Lord changes this. And, and religious people hate it. If they were Christian, they'd love it. So again, I'm just saying he has saved us from those abominations, from those sins, and from critical thinking because he's provided us the truth. Now why is it we want to say, well, Lord, we don't trust your truth? That's actually what critical thinking is doing. We have God's word as it is. He said not one word would pass away, not even a jot or a tittle would pass away till heaven and earth has passed away. Last time I checked, heaven and earth are still here. So who's the liar? Well, you either, if you believe the critical thinking theories, you got to believe that God's the liar. Or you've got to believe they're lying. And many of those at one time claimed Christ. They claimed all, all these standards and everything else. My question is, were they a fraud then or are they a fraud now? Which way is it? Now, we've got the King James Bible. You've got the Word of God. Well, I can't understand it. I can't understand the these and thou's and hast. Well, actually, they're not that hard to believe and understand. You know, if you spend any time in the Word of God and you get the context as you're reading, you'll understand thee, thou, and hast and other similar words. Usually that tells me when a person starts saying that, well, they're not spending time in the Word of God and and thinking on it, meditating on it, because God gave us His Holy Spirit when we got saved to understand His Word. But you see, those things aren't good enough for them. Now let me say this, and I want to say this as a pastor, and I believe it's my personal responsibility as a pastor. As heading up a, a church that is, his, listen, Central Baptist Church does not save anybody. The Methodists don't save anybody. The Catholics don't save anybody. The Hindus don't save anybody. The uh, whatever. I don't care what it is. The Muslims. No. None of those things save. Only Jesus Christ saves. When I went to Pensacola Christian College, I was, I was the third student ever accepted into that college. The third student. And at that time, they didn't call themselves Baptists. They called themselves non-denominational. In a few years, they're saying, well... <laughs> Jesus founded the local church, and all these doctrines are what Baptists believe because it's what Jesus gave us. 
So we're going to go with the Bible. We're going to call ourselves Baptists now. Does that make sense? Or is that wrong to do what the Bible says? Now, you're saying, preacher, you're going the wrong direction there. No, I'm not. The direction of truth is never wrong. It is never wrong to tell the truth. Now, you can agree, you can disagree with that. That's between you and God. But I'm going to preach his word. Now, you're saying, why, why are you getting on all of that? Why are you saying all those things? Because I want to warn you as a pastor, a man of God, however you want to call me. <laughs> Don't call me some of the other names you call me. But I just want to warn you. If you have a child that's going to go to a Christian college, my number one question would be to go there with them and ask them in their ministration, do you teach critical thinking or not? If they do, don't put that kid in there or that kid's going to end up messed up. And I say that by watching it from experience. I've seen what it's done. Kids leave and they go off. All of a sudden they decide, well, no, you know what? I'm Calvinist. Oh, I'm contemporary. I'm this, I'm that. But it's not biblical. I'm going to stick with the Word of God, and that's what we ought to do. Now, really didn't get into the text today, and yet I did. Because critical thinking tries to explain away the text. That's why I wanted you to see once again and see it clearly, Jesus Christ was formed of the Father inside of Mary, and it was for a purpose to save our souls. The Bible says there, I mean, in our text, he, he, he says it there. Thou drew me from the womb. Not a midwife. He drew him from the womb. Prepared this body for his only begotten son. Jesus was not only the only begotten son not only his son throughout eternity passed in spirit, for God is the spirit, he was now begotten of the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was his, now his father, his natural father as well as his heavenly father. But sent with the purpose to live a life of trial to be hated, to be mocked, to be scorned, to have his life threatened over and over and over, to be hungry, to thirst, to have all points tempted like as we are and yet never sin one time. That's the only way he could be a perfect sacrifice on that cross. When those Old Testament uh, sacrifices were made, they looked forward to the sacrifice of Christ. Do you know what they'd do? They would check that entire lamb, look for any kind of a mark or any kind of a thing. If it had anything like that, it was rejected. But that's not where it stopped. They cut it open. They checked it all the way down to see if there was anything, a, a spot, a cancer, or something of that nature, something in there. And if there was, then that 
lamb was rejected and could not be offered. And yet the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sins. So what happened? The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the whole world, Jesus Christ, he came, was tried, and inside there was no sin as well as outside. No sinful thoughts, no sinful intentions, no sinful deeds. And that's what it took to die for my sin and your sin. Oh, yes, when he was on the cross, every sin, and that's 2,000 years ago, so you weren't even here. I wasn't here. But even 2,000 years ago, every sin you ever would commit. Why? Because the Lord, we'll find out, knows the end from the beginning. He knew that we would sin. He didn't make us sin. We, we were made in his image. At his spirit, we had a free choice. You're not in his image if you don't have choice. And man chose to be a sinner. We were born in sin nature, and we choose to sin. And you think of the worst sin you've ever committed, that was still pressed upon our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That was up there. And when the almighty wrath of the Father was poured out on his only Son, it was his human spirit and soul filling the entire wrath of God. And to reject that, we already deserve to go to hell, but to reject that and die without Christ, there is no hope. Well, maybe a hundred years into eternity, he will change his mind. No. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation, 2 Corinthians 6 tells us. Yet, Jesus said, if you come to him, he would in no wise cast you out. He left a witness in his creation and in this life, and he can save you. But you must come to him. If you come to him, he will save you. But when you're coming to him, we call it repentance, a change of the mind. I'm not in charge, he's in charge. He's Lord, he's head. I'll be the bride. He'll be the bridegroom. He is God. Oh, my friend. Don't put your confidence in, well, I said, Jesus, forgive me a sinner. Come to my heart and save me, and I can go live like I want to. That's not, that's not salvation. And by the way, that's not even Baptist doctrine. Some teach it that way, but it's not. It's not Bible doctrine. The Bible says, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. You're not sure if you die today that heaven's your home. In a moment, we're going to have a hymn of invitation, and we're going to open it up where you can come down here and see me at the front, and I will direct you to someone trained in the Word of God that will open the Bible and show you how to be saved. But we can't do that if you don't come. Now, you can go out of here and say, boy, I like what he said. You can go out of here and say, I hate what he said. I didn't like his attitude. I loved his attitude. Either way, that's wrong. All I did is deliver the word of God, his truth. 
It's up to you to accept it or reject it. If you accept it because I said it, <laughs> you're going down the wrong road. I'm the instrument. He's the Lord. It's His truth. It's His Word. Now, I challenge you to receive it. If you're a Christian, you say, you know what? I've got caught up with all these things that's going on in the world today. I get upset with standards. I get upset with uh, this and that. We've got to get away from that. That's not what the world likes. No, the world doesn't like it. We're not to love the world, and neither the things that are in the world. Love the world is not of God. We're to love God and do what pleases Him. Can you, as a Christian, say, I honestly am pleasing God? Not because I think so, but because I know by the Word of God. I know by the Word of God, as a Christian, I'm pleasing Him. Again, that's not an answer to me, that's an answer to Him. What will it be? Let's bow our heads, please.